traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Please welcome your CEO coach. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO coach, Jillian Musig. And welcome to uh, CEO Coach this January morning in 2012. We ended last year talking about a number of issues including, you know, wrapping up the year and so on in early December and stuff you should be thinking about the next year and all kinds of goodies. We're going to start this year with sales. I'm hoping that over the last few weeks or months, you have cleared out those customers who bring you the least amount of money, the least amount of satisfaction, and keep you from moving to the next level. We've been talking about that a lot in 2011, and we'll probably cover it again in 2012. Mostly, though, I want to talk about what to do once you've cleared that space. It's a scary thing to do, firing customers, but... It's an important thing to do. So once you've cleared away your bottom four customers, and again, if you've only got three or four customers and you clear away one, you get the idea. But you've really got to clear out that bottom 10% least. Once you've done that, then it's time to fill it up. Now, there's this woo-woo stuff that says, don't worry, feng shui, you clear it out, stuff will come in and it'll all come to you. It isn't quite so. You know, the luckiest folks are those who pe- are people who make good luck out of what they see. So I'm going to suggest you better get pretty proactive about it right away. You do want to be in the places where your customers are. Sometimes that would be in places like networking groups and so on. That's fine. But I would counsel you to look a little bit deeper and decide whether or not you're hanging out with your competition or whether you're hanging out really with your potential customers. So in terms of customers, I would say you would find consulting customers in places where your current customers hang out themselves. So the first thing is to consider kind of the basics. You're going to look where your current customers are now, where they meet up, and you're going to meet more of them through them. Secondly, if it isn't necessarily a meeting place, you may have to do some cold calling. That's really tough stuff. So try calling your current customers first, asking how things are going, connecting with them, and asking them if they have any referrals. That would be a whole lot better, a warm referral. Okay. Also, there are colleagues of yours. Whatever it is that you do for a living, there are people who will be in an ancillary position. For example, if I'm going to coach CEOs, 
then I hang out with things like uh, corporate attorneys for established CEOs. I'm going to hang out with attorneys for startups to get a hold of the startup CEOs. I'll go to investor groups. I'll talk to other angel investors and see who they're hanging out with and who needs some assistance and support. Okay. Now, I don't do this for a living, just so you know. I'm still running SEO Moz's, uh, you know, uh, outbound uh, marketing here at, at SEO Moz. I'm still the president and the co-founder, and I'm not going anywhere. But that's the kind of process we're talking about. Okay. Now, in your case, if you're going to sell something like search marketing services, affiliate marketing services, and so on, as an affiliate marketer, you can just pick up new products and items. That's great. But that's picking up a job. That's not picking up a new customer. If you're actually consulting for a company, then you've got to find that new company. All right. Now we've made the differential, and you have a sense of where to go find them. You find them with folks who are in ancillary positions that are related to whatever you're doing, and you find them, of course, in groups where those folks would hang out. You find out those groups by talking to your current customers. Second thing, let's take a look at the basics. The basic sales funnel, the AIDA funnel. A-I-D-A. It's awareness, interest, desire, and action. This is old stuff. Right? So how does that relate to the technical process of selling in terms of consulting projects? Well, your website and your social media presence create the awareness. Right? Folks know that you exist because you've got some decent SEO on your website, we hope, and you can be found. But mostly, the interest is created through your social media presence. And that's interesting. The interest is created through your social media presence, and it creates desire. The first thing is, through places like tweeting and, um, and moving people to blogs that you've posted, you make them become aware of who you are, but you also bring them some interest in what you do. And you do that by saying... Um, the other person, you have to say stuff so that the reader says, I know more about it now. I can see how that relates to me. Others that I respect are doing it. Customers are satisfied and have seen results. A lot of trust building goes on around here. You use Twitter and Facebook and similar kinds of places, LinkedIn groups, etc., to tell people about stuff you've done. You can move them to blog posts you've written either on your own site or as a guest post. You get to guest post on other people's sites, right? Again, look at those ancillary people who are doing things related to you but not competitive to you. And do guest blog or comment deeply. It's called comment marketing. Comment deeply on what they're doing on their website and then move people to your ideas as well, sending them over to blog posts where you can talk about more or telling them about what you do. Direct selling, not happening. It's making people aware of what you're up to and creating some interest around what you do because you've had successes and other people begin to talk about you. As you engage in con conversational marketing, right, this conversation around the stuff that you're doing in Twitter and in Facebook and in LinkedIn and on Google Plus and in, um, let's see, uh, I don't know, a, a hundred other social media platforms. Um, I, I spend, you know, way too much time in places like Quora and so on. As you begin to answer other people's questions and you engage with them, they are then more interested in what you have to say. Okay? That's where you're creating interest. Then we move on to desire. 
right? The desire statements coming from your potential customer would be things like, I don't want to get left out, as in other people are doing it, other people are seeing results, and so on. You've built that kind of trust factor. Now you're creating desire. I don't want to get left out. I do want to make more money, profit, whatever in my business. I am willing to invest to get what I want. That's the killer piece. Desire has hit the critical path when your customer's thinking, yeah, I'm willing to put some money down on the table to get what I want. And what they want is always an additional ROI. So now you've done a number of things. All right, created the awareness, some interest, and desire. The action that your customer is going to do, if they're reaching you via the web, is going to be sending you an email, or they may call, or they might sign up for something. The sign up for something is very powerful stuff. It's a very low hurdle, a very low uh, barrier to entry for a potential customer. So let's think about things where one can put out something that says, all I want from you is your address, your email address, and maybe your name, but your email address, and then I will start sending you something. Right? Now, it might be a one-off, that's okay, or somebody might sign up for your RSS feed, or you might have something like uh, folks will start following you on Twitter, right, or Facebook, or LinkedIn, or Quora, or Google+. All of those are fine, right? But you'd really like to send them something where you have personal communication on a regular basis. So RSS feed is great, but you would prefer perhaps just to get them to tell you what they're interested in, what their pain points are, to know a little more about them. So anytime you can connect via email, personally and privately, it's pretty good stuff. We're going to take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to talk about consulting sales, critical items that you've got to have with you for making and closing deals. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. Today, you can follow us and hop into the chat room at webmasterradio.fm and then just click on the chat room. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Superior Affiliate Offers, Superior Affiliate Brands, Superior Affiliate Service, The Superior Affiliate Management. Superior Affiliate Management delivers direct, exclusive offers with weekly payouts. Their mission is to ignite your e-commerce and ignite your commissions. Superior Affiliate Brands means our work with the Internet Retailer's Top 500, as well as new brands, thanks to their full-service agency and CPA network. Superior affiliate service means lifetime bonus referrals and personal VIP treatment. When you hear superior affiliate offers, superior affiliate brands, superior affiliate service, that's SAMOPM.com. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? 
It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And welcome back to CEO Coach. Uh, I'm Jillian Music, President and Co-Founder at SEO Moz and your CEO Coach. We're talking about the sales uh, process today. We know about the classic sales funnel of the AIDA process, awareness, interest, desire, action, and how you can quickly get to that uh, using web and non-web, uh, if you will, you know, lifetime experiences here. Now, the second piece we want to talk about today is consulting sales critical items. What do you really need to close a consulting sales job? Now, before I go on, I wanted you to know you can hop into the chat room, ask your burning question there, go to webmasterradio.fm and click on chat. So I hope to see you in the chat room this morning uh, where you can ask questions about closing deals in consulting sales. Now, I'd say the first thing is a superb sales agreement form. If you walk into sales meetings and you don't have one, it's going to be pretty rough. You've got to go back and create them every time, and each one is a little individual and so on and so forth. Yeah, I get that. But if you don't have a really good template, you're in trouble. So we're going to talk about how a good sales agreement is constructed and how your template should look. First, you're welcome to run around the web and pick up some samples of others, and that's fine, and there's some basic forms out there. Most of the time, I find that the verbiage of classic forms that are available either through the web or, you know, mail away from them or whatever it is, are a little bit adversarial, and I would counsel you against that. I would think that the better way to go, and in my experience it has been, is to rewrite that kind of terminology so that it is mutually beneficial. People really do read that stuff. And having an, a beginning foot in the door with a mutually beneficial agreement is an important issue. So when it says things like termination for cause, uh, it should go both ways. You can terminate this deal if your customer doesn't you know, follow through on a number of things. You're going to recommend stuff. If they don't follow through, then they can't throw you out the door, but you can certainly terminate. Similarly, if you don't perform and figure out what that would look like, they can terminate. Okay, so there are mutual agreements in there. An ironclad scope of work addendum. The piece that changes on your sales agreement is this scope of work amendment, excuse me, the addendum. Now, the scope of work tells your customer what you're going to do for them. Critical stuff. If you don't write that very carefully and make sure that the customer understands it at the time, then you will have scope of work creep. It happens all the time. If you're in consulting, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Scope of work creep happens when the customer thinks they are due more, hopes that they can talk you into more, or thinks they can wheedle something out of you. 
Okay? By having an ironclad addendum with scope of work in place and making sure you go over it line item by line item with your customer, this is the piece of the contract that you're going to go over line item by line item. The rest of it's pretty boilerplate. Okay? This is the piece you go over. If you do it carefully, you can avoid that. And you can upsell your customer more carefully and or more easily later. This is how it works. A scope of work agreement will list the items that you will accomplish and it will include an hour limit on that accomplishment. Right? Because in consulting work, sometimes an item can take an hour or ten hours and be called the same thing. So up to X number of hours is often a good limitation on things. It will also indicate that the client will receive notice when they have reached 80% of that time limit. <coughs> that means that you're going to need to send an email and a phone call, not just one but both, to your customer when you believe you have reached 80% of the work hours allotted to it and say, look, we've run through about 80% of this, but we're not really through 80% of the work. Would you like to you know, beef up the instruction on this, the piece on that? Do you want to assign somebody in your office to accomplish something else, or shall we extend the contract? I can extend the contract for X dollars to accomplish something else because it looks like it's going to take another 15 hours or whatever the case may be. That's the way you open the, the conversation. You tell them in advance of the problem that they're coming up against a wall and they have plenty of time with 20% left to this deal to make some other arrangements. Okay. Now, you may get pushback. There's no question about it. You know, Well, you said you'd do it for that. I'm figuring you're going to get it done. Right? Yes, but that includes your requirement to provide this, this, and this. Right? And now that hasn't happened, and I can do it for you, but it will cost whatever. Okay. Those kinds of things, conversations can happen at 80%. They really can't happen efficiently or with any kind of good outcome if you're waiting to 95% or 100% of the used up time. And now you're saying, gee, I want to get paid more. And it's really awful if you've gone 120% over time and you're already feeling a little grumpy about the whole situation. Okay. So ironclad scope of work addendums include what you're going to do, a time limitation on it, and what the customer must do in order to achieve the estimated time that you've put into the scope of work. Okay? Don't forget to add what is required of the customer. Adding clear deadlines makes a huge difference on the scope of work. You will review whatever it is and provide something on this date. The customer will do something and send you something back a week later. Put dates on those items what they must do and the date it will arrive, what you must do and the date it will arrive. By keeping tabs on the fact that you consistently do show up with your work in a timely manner, and perhaps your customer may not, this will help you again catalog where the issues are. So then you can send over to your customer, not just that we've run through 80%, but here is the reality of our scope of work and when things actually showed up or how much of it showed up and so on. Again, that helps your customer to understand, okay, yeah, we're, we're happy to pay you a few more bucks. You do this. We don't have time. Great stuff. 
We're going to take one more break here at CEO Coach. When we get back, we're going to talk about presentations and references and other things required to really close consulting sales in a timely manner. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. I hope to see you in the chat room. Go to webmasterradio.fm and click chat. See you soon. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. As you know, being an expert at f- What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level the language of course we're talking about managing facebook ads on aquizio oh buy track manage optimize and report on media across all major ad networks visit aquizio.com to get a demo today aquizio search social display one platform looking for a white label seo and social platform for your clients think ebrand Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. WebmasterRadio.fm. Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And welcome back. We've got a few folks now coming into the chat room here. Uh, if you've got questions, type your questions right into the chat room there. What is your toughest sales hurdle? What really stumps you every time in getting stuff done or done right, I guess? So last things we're going to talk about here are the items that are critical to making consulting sales. All right. We talked about the sales agreement, an ironclad scope of work addendment that includes the dates for that you're going to deliver stuff and the dates your customer is going to deliver, what you're going to deliver and what the customer will deliver. Be really as clear as possible. This is not a good time for, you know, white space is your friend and, and say it in just a few words. Now's a really good time to spell it all out. Lots of bullet points as opposed to long paragraphs. You don't want anybody to miss anything. And you go over it with a fine-tooth comb and make sure everybody's in agreement. Okay, now, next piece. A practice presentation. I am always amazed and often appalled by the number of folks who really don't know their presentations. They haven't practiced it. They don't have it down cold. 
People have asked me for years about how SEOmoz started and things like that. And over the years, I have honed that so that I can tell you the entire story in about three minutes or less. By the time we've moved in an elevator from floor one to 40, whatever, we're done. Right? But when I first started, there were lots of words around it, hems and haws and this and that. If you don't know your subject well enough, you won't be able to say it clearly or convincingly. It is worth practicing. Now, some of the practice just has to happen you know, live and in the space. I get that. But the first time you give a presentation to someone, with or without a PowerPoint, it doesn't matter. However it is that you're presenting your services to somebody, Right? You're going to know where you blew it. Be straight with yourself. Walk out the door and start practicing in your mind right away. Most of us can't really go out and, I don't know, look in mirrors and practice things like that. I never have. Right? But boy, do I run it over in my mind. I do it on buses, on ferries, in the car commute, whatever it is. I do it in the office. I do it while I'm wandering around grocery stores. It just should bother you. It should bother you enough that you get really good at it until you know what you do for a living, what your core competencies are, why you are better than the next guy down the street. Right? I've got somebody in the chat room who's talking about something without a PowerPoint. I would agree. I wouldn't use PowerPoints for presentations uh, to my customers either. But there is a conversation that you have, and that conversation has to include those line items that talk about why you are the best choice for this particular customer, why this is your field, your passion, your ability, why you can produce. So references are really good. It's a good time to name drop. You know, Joe down the street and this and that, or I've worked for 17 different uh, businesses in this neighborhood, or I've represented 18 brands and every one of them saw a significant increase in sales. Whatever it is you do, from affiliate marketing to local search marketing to whatever kind of process you're, you're consulting on. Okay? Examples of what you do, really good idea. If you have an example, it's a case study. You can refer them to it on the web. They can go see more. And you should create a real PowerPoint type case study, whatever it is. You can do it in whatever you like, from flash to anything. Okay? It's nice to have in your website, but reference it while you're in the meeting. Talk about it a little bit and send them off to learn more. You don't want to have to explain the whole thing at that time. It's mostly about your customer. You let them tell you where their pain points are. And then you use the classic piece of E A are explore, acknowledge, and then respond. So your first contact with the customer, whether it's by the phone or in person, if you're doing consulting sales, right? And I'm going to assume that you're at a smaller, mid-sized business now, okay, is going to be to explore what are their issues, right? You're an expert in something. Now let them open up. Once you have explored what their hot buttons are, if you have a terrible memory, write notes down. You know whether you've got a good memory or not. Short-term memory we're talking about here. If you can't parrot back the bullet points of the hot points and the trouble spots that this guy's telling you about, then you've got to write them down as he goes. Figure out some kind of shorthand for yourself and get done. Okay? And tell him you will take notes in advance or he will simply be insulted thinking you're not paying attention. The second thing is to acknowledge 
So acknowledge those pain points. Acknowledge that he's had other consultants who didn't do what he needed them to do. That somebody took his money and didn't get him number one for you know whatever slot he wanted and so on. Acknowledge it. Even though you know it was totally foolish, he didn't need to be number one for whatever he thinks he did. That he needs something completely different or that it's a pie-in-the-sky dream and nobody's going to break into Forex and forget it. Right? Whatever it is, acknowledge it. And then finally, you should respond. Now, somebody's typed into the chat room, shouldn't one be taking notes anyways? Yes and no. It can show that you're an active listener, but please tell your customer first that you're going to be taking notes. Because often we'll take notes on things like PDAs or um, uh, iPads or something like that, and it appears that we may not be paying attention that we're doing something else, right? It's a little different than opening up a flip pad and taking notes by hand. If you do that by hand, it may be self-evident. Always a nice idea to alert somebody. Okay. Now, again, this explore, acknowledge, and then respond. When you get down to the response, the response must again repeat the hot buttons from this guy. You can address only the issues that he's worried about, and usually the first issue he's worried about is not necessarily the first one he told you about. So that's a little tough. Think about that. My hottest button is not what I told you about first. First, I'm going to tell you about, you know, the business is doing okay or that the economy sucks or this or that and we're doing the best we can. Whether I'm in a positive mood or a negative mood, it'll be there. But at some point, I'm going to finally get down to what my real problem is. And you will have to ferret that out as your customer speaks. That's why you're exploring. Okay. So as you're exploring, think about the intensity of the voice of your customer when they lean forward. When they finally get that serious furrow in the brow, whatever it is that's body language and voice language that says to you, yeah, that's this guy's real button. That's what bothers him. That's what he can't get past. It may be that he wants to be number one for X keyword, right, or whatever. It can't happen. You know that, and he doesn't know that. So it is something you're going to have to explain. But more positively, explain why he would want a different one. He doesn't really want to rank for cars. He wants to rank for used Toyotas in his town. All right? So, as you think about those things, explore what he's looking for. Acknowledge that he would like to rank for cars, and yeah, that would be great. But then talk about, ah, when ranking for keywords, you want the keywords that are sales-oriented. Somebody is really going to buy something. So ranking for cars might get you a whole lot of kids looking for pictures of cars, But why don't we focus on stuff like folks who are really looking for the used cars in this town where you're selling them. It's another way to focus on how his hot button is sitting there and to focus him on things that really will bring him ROI. In the end, you will have created a positive relationship between you and your potential customer before you get off the ground. This is Jillian Music. This has been CEO Coach on a chilly January morning. I look forward to seeing you all again next week. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm or through iTunes. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. 
The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.